Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Star Wars 7x7 episode 2224. Today we're going to set the novel Poe Dameron free fall in the context of the Star Wars canon story timeline. Punch it! Hey, Rebel Riser, I'm Alan Voivod, and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. So, the novel Poe Dameron Free Fall, or Star Wars Poe Dameron colon Free Fall, I think there's only one colon in this one, has been released. It just came out yesterday, and on today's episode, we're going to get into mild spoiler territory, very mild spoiler territory, in terms of placing the Poe Dameron novel within the Star Wars timeline, where it takes place, what other events are taking place around it, that sort of thing. So first up, I want to mention that Poe Dameron himself was born in the year 2 ABY, so two years after the Battle of Yavin, which means that he was born the year before the events of The Empire Strikes Back and two years before the events of Return of the Jedi, okay? So that at least gives you some particular context. His mother, Shara Bey, who was an A-wing pilot at the Battle of Endor and other places as well, but most significantly at that battle, died when he was eight years old, which means that she passed away at 10 ABY. And previous stories in the Star Wars universe have not explained what happened to her, but there is a very cryptic mention in the story in Poe Dameron Freefall about her having been shot out of the sky right outside Poe's window. So it seems like there was a very tragic event that happened on Yavin 4 that led to Shara Bey's demise, but that is all that we learn about it. So it is still an event shrouded in mystery and intrigue. I will mention for what it's worth that 10 ABY is the year in which season two of The Mandalorian is scheduled to take place, at least as far as we know, it's supposed to happen in the year following the events of season one of The Mandalorian, which took place in 9 ABY. So wouldn't it be fascinating if it turned out that there ended up being some connection in that regard. And, you know, I'm throwing that out there because the planet that we saw in the episode Sanctuary from The Mandalorian Season 1, that was Episode 4, where they went to uh, Sorgan, trying to hide from the Bounty Hunters Guild, and that was where he met Cara Dune and defended the village and all that. That's the planet Sorgan, and it shows up in the Poe Dameron Freefall novel as well. So Poe is actually on the same planet that the Mandalorian once was, although Poe is depicted as being on this planet about eight, 
nine? Nine years after the fact. I'll get to that in a moment. More directly for our purposes, Poe Dameron born 2 ABY, Mother Dies 10 ABY, The Mandalorian season one takes place the year before that and 9 ABY and season two should be taking place in the same year that Charbet passes away. Five years later is 15 ABY, and that's the year that Rey is born. That is also the year that Luke Skywalker starts training Ben Solo in the ways of the Force. So that'll give you another, you know, point of reference on the bigger Star Wars timeline. The events of Poe Dameron Freefall take place mostly within the space of one year, and it happens when Poe is 16 years old. So it takes place in the year 18 ABY and ends uh, maybe just short of 19 ABY. And Alex Segura is actually pretty diligent about giving you date references and things. Like, he will tell you that you know, when he gets off of Yavin 4 and goes off with the Spice Runners, that it's like a few weeks later that another mission happens, and then a few days later he's on some other planet, and then about a month after he leaves Yavin, he's on this mission, and then three months after that mission he's on another, he goes on and on and on. So there are a lot of markers dropped by Alex Segura through the story, which is really very cool, and ultimately it is about eight months or maybe a little bit more than eight months uh, from the start of the novel to when the climactic events happen and then there's a little bit of epilogue time so yeah it's probably maybe nine months it probably isn't a whole year so roughly at the end of the novel we're at 19 ABY and two years later which would be 21 ABY that is the year in which Rey's parents abandon her on Jakku and that is also the year in which according to the Rise of Skywalker Visual Dictionary that Luke Skywalker is sensing the presence of the dark side and starts investigating leads mentioning the planet Exegol. And as far as the current state of affairs in the galaxy well when the Empire was in place, there were a few crime syndicates and they were operating, you know, more or less with tacit approval of the Empire. The Empire was at least willing to look the other way in some cases or was able to actually kind of work together with them unofficially, as it were. And when the Empire was overthrown, it created a big tumult in the criminal underworld. And so rival gangs began to well up and try to take power and do all this stuff and so you learn about some of the machinations happening inside Poe Dameron Freefall. For example, the Pike Syndicate, which is very strong at the time that we see them in, say, Solo A Star Wars Story, like they have control of, you know, Spice and all this stuff. Well, apparently their fortunes are not as great many years on in this time period in between the rise of the New Republic and then the rise of the First Order. And then there's the Guavian Death Gang, which makes an appearance in here. They are an up-and-coming group in this new galactic criminal underworld order, and for that matter, so are the Spice Runners of Kajimi. They are trying to make a name for themselves, and ultimately that becomes the crux of what causes the schism between Poe Dameron and the Spice Runners of Kajimi dramatically and I'm not going to go into spoiler territory on that because I said it would be mild spoilers and that's really all about the climactic stuff that happens in the book. I will tell you though what is said about the state of the New Republic in just a second I do want to give a shout out to our friends at Audible that's 
audibletrial.com slash SW7X7 to get a free download and a free 30-day trial that we arranged with Audible, which is pretty fun. And I did just get a copy of the Audible version of Poe Dameron Free Fall from Penguin Random House Audio. Thank you very much for sending me that review copy. Fine folks at Penguin Random House Audio. I haven't checked it out yet, but I'm very much looking forward to doing that. And we will talk about that later this week. But again, audibletrial.com slash SW7X7. If you happen to do that and you get a free 30-day trial and a free audiobook, there is a little commission that goes to us and it doesn't cost you anything more if you decide to actually go with the full Audible version after your trial ends. So that's why we're talking about it here on the show. So once again, audibletrial.com slash SW7X7 and thank you very much for considering it. So the state of the New Republic. So according to the leadership of the Spice Runners of Kajimi, the New Republic does not care about the mid or the outer rim. They are just not paying attention to those two sections of the galaxy, which means that they are only paying attention to the core, the inner rim, the expansion region, and the colonies. That's the other four closer to the center of the galaxy regions that exist. And then of course the mid rim and then the outer rim beyond that. And that is as you are looking, say, if you are imagining the galactic map as being flat, which we know it's not, but looking at it from that perspective, that means basically everything from sort of the north south line and looking toward the right, toward the east, basically, because toward the west, you get, you know, some planets here and there and heading sort of from south to south, southwest to west, southwest to west. Um, then you're getting toward Batu, and then you're jumping off into the unknown regions and places where like Exegol and Octo are, that sort of thing. So that's all in the galactic west if you will. Anyway, so according to the Spice Runners, the New Republic is only looking at you know, sort of the intersection of the eastern portion of the galaxy, if you will. And further on, they also say that uh, the New Republic is stretched too thin. They're more concerned with eliminating ghosts from the past than looking toward the future and determining what they'd like the galaxy to be. Now, I have to say, I find this perspective absolutely fascinating because it's 18 ABY, so it is 14 years after the Battle of Endor, 13 years after the Battle of Jakku, which was when the Galactic Concordance was signed, and so that was supposed to be the end of the war with the Empire. And here they are 13 years later, and these Spice Runners are saying that the New Republic is too concerned with chasing ghosts from the past. So how prevalent are remnants of the Empire at this point? I mean, sure, like there are probably examples out there like Moff Gideon from The Mandalorian Season 1, but that's nine years prior to the events of the Poe Dameron novel. So, I mean, how much longer can these little Imperial holdouts exist? And, you know, why is the New Republic so obsessed with taking them out? I mean, you know, they are bad guys, sure, they have to be taken care of, but they're probably the least of the New Republic's concerns. Although we are still a few years out from the events of the Claudia Gray novel Bloodline, which hints at the rise of the First Order. So yeah, that's not even an issue for the New Republic either at this point. But unfortunately, that's as much as we get to learn from the Poe Dameron Freefall novel about the state of galactic affairs. 
And, you know, operating within this in between the original trilogy and sequel trilogy time frame, the next thing that we're going to get is season two of The Mandalorian. So hopefully we will learn a bit more about, you know, the state of galactic affairs because it's barely hinted at even in season one. Anyway, that, my friends, is going to do it for today's show. Thank you so much for joining me for it, as always, and may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Star Wars 7x7 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the Force be with them. All original content is copyright 2020 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.